Hi, Gemstones, and welcome to another episode of Blurg. Today we're discussing Deal Breakers Talk Show number 0001, the seventh episode of season four of our favorite television program, 30 Rock. <laughs> so the major players of TGS are going through a metamorphosis, because, you know, cocoon, flap, 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 butterfly, all that jazz. Frank transforms into Liz after she reluctantly delegates responsibility to him, while she becomes a histrionic media personality, a la Jenna, who mutates into a self-aware deranged star whisperer, think Hannibal helping find a serial killer vibes, all the while Tracy tries to become EGOT or Whoopi Goldberg by stealing one of her Horcrux awards. Now, let's dive in for another episode of Blurg. Oh, wait, I already started. I started already. What is this, Horseville? Because I am surrounded by naysayers. We are lovers. Oh, that word bums me out, unless it's between the words meat and pizza. Live every week like a shock week. There's a lot of history in Studio 4C. Catch a Predator, the XFL halftime show, storage for broken copier equipment, and now, deal breakers. Liz Lemon's got her very own talk show. I'm a star, I'm on top, somebody bring me some ham. I used to sing that when I was a kid. Top five episodes of all time, am I right? <laughs> it's very good, it's very yes. good, yeah. It is amazing. Just the way that she even waves, which I'm doing, and you guys can't see at home, but I, like it's a human. so good. Oh, my God. Do you love this episode as much as I do, or is it just me? It is it is interesting, because I love the idea of this episode, and in previous watching, I know, I know, I'm so sorry. In previous watching of this, it makes me uncomfortable, because I just want her to succeed, um, but it is objectively hilarious and awesome. So you do like it, or you so don't like it? So I do like, like it. it. So I do like it. It's so in the past, I've not. Ever. Really? Yeah, in the past, I've not, just because I wanted to do well. I'm really glad you didn't tell me that. <laughs> you would be out. <laughs> Are you spinning a basketball on your finger? <laughs> well, I love this episode. Luckily, it had a um, director's track with the director, Don Scardino, and Pete. Scott adds it, and they were really funny. I learned very little about the episode. Well, sure. They made a couple of inappropriate remarks about Tracy uh, Morgan, and it was so good. Like, what kind of remarks? Well, just he was saying that Tracy really likes to be directed, meaning, like, you can make faces at him, and he'll make the same face back, and he'll ask for a line reading. So basically, like, he's not acting. He's just doing what you tell him. Mm-hmm. Isn't that acting? I don't think uh, I don't think you could look at Alec Baldwin and be like, "Here's the face I'm gonna make, and I want you to mimic me." Well, you can't hear him either because he speaks so quietly. Well, but then when he does the line, um, "Your hair is fine," um, he said <laughs> before it started, he's like, "I'm gonna give you ten in a row, ten different ones. Here we go. Your hair's fine. Your hair is fine. Your hair is fine." You know what I mean? So he's like directing himself. Oh my god, it's like America's Next Top Model where they just change it up slightly for each little camera. Are you getting yes. nervous because my decolletette is showing? <laughs> I don't know why you can't podcast with the shirt on, but today seems I'm like I'm feverish from the boba. The boba fought back. makes no sense to anyone. <laughs> I had some boba tea because I was watching Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, which I think I like. And the boba fought back. They drink boba drink tea and Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Too much boba too fast? 
Boba's just not good for you? Boba plus meat plus jewel equals cha-chas or what? I think still recovering from a hangover and filling my stomach with gelatin balls was not ideal. Perhaps. Well, let's start the episode and not think about what's wrong with you. You can't wear a shirt. <laughs> I'm wearing a shirt. I put it on for you. I'm sorry. I just got the boba sweats. I've never heard of that. Can't say that anymore. Why are you not saying uh, maybe I ate some bad meat or something? The meat was fine. My body knows how to deal with meat. Beef okay. plus boba sounds like a terrible combination. But a great band name. Oh my God! What were the other Beef ones? Boba. They were even better earlier. Vegetarian baby. <laughs> Can you pick fashion show? There it is. Yeah, that's a good one. I think that's. If you want more insight into this, you should listen to our latest takes all over the place episode. It's amazing. So we start out this episode where lesbian sour fruit Liz is going to get her talk <laughs> show, and they're going through four C. And Jack's telling her that to catch a predator, the XFL halftime show, storage for the broken copier, and now deal breakers. Now, so many different often, amazing places have inhabited this space. How often do you sing this song in your head? Often. I'm a star. I'm on top. Somebody bring me some ham. Which, interestingly, is only the second best recitation of the word ham. Second to, of course, Sherry Shepard going, ham. <laughs> <laughs> when she and Tracy yell, racist cracker at her. That is one of my favorite moments. (laughs) Top five moments of all times. There's so many top fives with this. This is my jam. Deal Breakers is my jam. I do believe I can't wait to see your score. The Liz Lemon Deal Breakers talk show would be amazing. I also believe the Julie Sunderland Deal Breakers talk show would be amazing. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to get in front of that high def camera and see what I look like. (laughs) I saw Gollum. I think it's Gollum. For me, yeah, that makes sense. Just chasing a ghoul, jewel pod? My precious. No more Is he Italian? Is Gold no Gollum's Italian, boba. right? My precious. <laughs> what would mine be? I don't know. Emma's would be like some little joyful kukwara or whatever they're called. I'm a Quaka? capybara. Yes. <laughs> now it's Yeah, you'd be a capybara. Here. And I'd just be a wizened, grizzled old man. Naked, bent over. My precious. Not bacon. Shirtless is not naked. It's free. Isn't Gollum naked? I've honestly he never seen Lord of the Rings. Okay. He's like Tarzan, but hotter. <laughs> <laughs> and sweating from the boba tea. He's like, what are those twinks that you never understand? Make it with the super hot dudes. It's all greasy. It's got like Homer Simpson hair, just three strands. <laughs> well, Jack's all excited. It's really happening for you, Lemon. Between TGS and this, you're like a swarthy, big-hipped Kelly Ripa, which is rude. I love the word swarthy, though. Yes, but she, Liz Levin does not have big hips. The whole fallacy that she's this fat person is ridiculous. You can have big hips and not be fat. It's just That's a stroke. I have big hips. Either. And my hips don't lie. And my breasts are small and humble, so you don't confuse them. Did I ever tell you when I got sucked into that YouTube video of what Kelly Ripa eats in a day? Oh, boy. Uh, yes, you did share that with us. <laughs> Thank you, by the way. It's I had nothing. my first chewable meal at 2 o'clock. You're oh, like, gross. What? <laughs> So Liz is super pumped about her new life once this show starts airing, and we're transported to a fantasy, and all of Liz's fantasies, they're scored by the theme from A Summer Place, naturally. 
So she's walking down a staircase so glamorously, and a champagne flute with milk and a straw is awaiting her. She's blonde, obviously, in her fantasies, and is wearing very 80s-hued blue eyeshadow. It's stunning. Unfortunately, her husband or paramour astronaut Mike Dexter has to go back into space, but he did enjoy the kissing, followed by genuine interest in that TV dance competition. (laughs) Dream come true. (laughs) By astronaut Mike Dexter. Also, she had a baby that a nanny handed her. She held onto and handed to another nanny. The dream. And into the scene walks Pete. Liz, snap out of it. Jenna's locked herself in her dressing room. She's She's like, like, no, go away. This is my fantasy, Pete. I knew it. You're blonde in your fantasies. It looks terrible. Jack is so fucking smug. Anyway, she's rocketed back to her reality. Oop, there goes Rabbity. Um, because Jenna's being crazy again. Who would have thought? This is the best line reading for Jenna ever. <laughs> wow. My niece drew a picture of me and I look so fat! <laughs> Through the doorway that's closed, Liz is like, well, I really like your hair today. Thank you, but you don't know what it looks like because of the door. <laughs> she finally figured that out. Well done, Jenna. So Liz has a few tricks up her sleeve and not actual tricks of cereal this time. And she's like, you know, if you're not feeling up to doing the show this week, I know that Jenny McCarthy is in town. What? <laughs> my nemesis? Never. Oh, my God. I bet she put Charlotte up to this. <laughs> I love the name Charlotte. I think we should name our kid that. We were getting a dog at one point. I think we should go to a kid. Let's just go for it. Let's adopt I'm gonna, a kid. I'm going to go with no. Um, but thank you for asking. I didn't ask. I told you that that's our future. Get out of the fantasy, Mike Dexter. Not going to happen. Do I look good, blonde? No, and neither does she. So Jack's like, Lemon, this is why Deal Breakers is going to work, because your star is a crazy person, and my star is you. Misleading foreshadowing. She's like, and I'm not crazy, because I'm like Jenna. My mother never used my beauty pageant winnings to buy her married boyfriend a motorcycle. Poor Jenna. From the swamp waters of Florida to the Florida school of circus tricks. She's had a rough one. She's had a rough go. Blah, blah, blah. Exactly. A lot of people have hitched a ride to this wagon, though, including Pete, who, if this works out, feels like this could be his ticket out. The job's starting to get to him, and he's resorted to shoplifting to feel in control. Have you shoplifted before? Yes. We've talked about it many times. I was really, really good at it. I loved it. I had a professional shoplifting um, jacket and purse. Nice. Good for you. And then once it started to escalate, my best friend said to my mother in front of me in Astronaut the car, Mike Dexter? Was that your yes, best friend? my best friend, Astronaut Mike Dexter, said to my mom, Elizabeth, I'm really worried about Julie. She's been shoplifting a lot, and it's starting to escalate to the point where it could be in some problem. Oh, that's my mother right. took a deep breath and turned around and said, what kind of friend are you? And I knew I was <laughs> fucked. What a great day. <laughs> So he says, because no one knows I took the candy bar. No one but Peter. Terrifying. Which he improved. Oh, did we learn that from the, yeah? Uh, well, I did. Commentary. So, <laughs> Trey walks up and he's like, Liz Lemon, I need to talk to you. And he's being sneaky and you can't see his arms. <laughs> he's like, come over here and check out my corner. No trap. What? <laughs> come over here, I said, in my normal tone of voice. So Liz Lemon kind of deserves what happens to her because she does go over to him. And he handcuffs her to the thing. To the but wall. not before revealing that he has a hole in his heart. Not the one he got from eating batteries. <laughs> but the one because he doesn't have a daughter. Well, that's actually sweet. I want a baby girl, Liz Lemon. 
I mean, having a daughter is like going to NBA All-Star Weekend. It changes you. Makes you want to take your wife to the doctor. (laughs) So Tracy does handcuff her. He masks the sounds of the click by saying, click. (laughs) And reveals that his grand plan is for her to tell Angie this. She's like, oh, no, I'm not doing that. He's like, oh, yes, you are. So in comes Angie. Sherry Shepard. Why are you handcuffed to the bookshelf? I built for my husband, which is terrible. Let's try that line reading again. Why are you handcuffed <laughs> to the bookshelf I built for my husband? Give me 10 in a row like Jack. Why are you handcuffed? I was kidding. I was kidding. I was I kidding. Built for my husband? <laughs> Why are you handcuffed to the bookshelf <laughs> I built for my husband? Why are you handcuffed to the bookshelf I built for my husband? I could go on and on. And Liz wants out of this situation immediately. Tracy did this to make me tell you that he wants to have a baby girl. <laughs> he so smugly pats her head. You did good. You did good. Really? Have you lost your mind? I'm not going to raise another child by myself. What are you implying? I'm a very attentive father. Oh, please, Tracy. Where were you last week during Tracy Jr.'s birthday party? There was a better kids party up the street. I cannot believe you made me come here for this. Now I won't have enough time to shop for Christmas presents and still get my hair did. So then they have a conversation about getting their hair did over and over. Um, and then <laughs> Liz, Liz tries to chime. Maybe we could undid these handcuffs. And they yell... Cracker. Racist. At the same time. <laughs> unlike what Julie and I just did there. You don't know what the delay. It might be perfect. It might. It probably isn't, but it might. Well, at home when I watched this, I was howling. I thought that was so funny. And then the director <laughs> goes, that's a really funny line. <laughs> <laughs> Commentary. Amazing. Yes, yeah, Scott Addison also said that Sherry Shepard is the nicest person he's ever worked with. That She's just a darling. Well, that's so sweet. So then he says, you know what? Keep your hair appointment. I'll do the Christmas shopping this year to prove you I can be reliable and I can finish everything that I come back. Somehow, <laughs> I know, somehow the way he just like so woodenly and so obviously does these jokes make it 10 times funnier. Only he can make them funny. What a gemstone. And then we go to the intro. This has been a long cold open, but one that sets us up for a pretty fantastic episode. If Julie has anything to say about it. And then me, who also will say that for fear of death and penalty. You're over Zoom. What can I do to you? I like a lot. You have a lot of connections. That's true. So Liz enters the writer's room and she's like, listen up, dummies, which is really inspiring. I'm going to be gone this week during my talk show, so I need to leave someone responsible in charge. Now, it's not about who I like the most or who's the funniest, so it's twofer. Ah, poor twofer. He has no sense of awareness and starts quoting Tennyson, um, which is always great. I met Tyndall unequal. Nope, never mind. Lutz, you want it? He's like, how, mm-hmm. how can someone's name be so close to the sport I adore and yet be so boring? That's my question to you, Julie, and I have yet to hear an answer. Are you talking about the sport you adore being figure skating and you like Lutz's? What are you talking about? Tennis for Tennyson. You moved on, I didn't. You changed the relationship without me knowing. I changed the contract. (laughs) So Lutz is overwhelmed immediately, um, spits up like a baby. (laughs) Come on, that moment is unexpected and hilarious. She's like, oh, okay, too much pressure, okay. (laughs) And then she says, writers who never talk, anyone want a promotion? So it turns out those are all UCB actors, and they're not allowed to speak because then they have to pay them more money. So that's why they're the writers who never talk. She's like, great. Frank, congratulations. You are the new boss. 
Yikes. Um, I did forget to mention before the cold open that my favorite line reading of this episode is when Liz Lemon says, ah, <laughs> it just speaks to me on so many levels. Thank you. When is that part? Right before the cold open ends. When she's like, no, come back, because Tracy starts leaving, and she's oh. still handcuffed, and she's like, ah. Do you want me to say it, it again? Like, ah. It was like being there. It was so good. <laughs> so Frank's like, a cool person in charge for once. Yes. My first act is leader. I'm telling them to take down the internet firewall. We can surf porn again. No one is more excited than Sue, which I find <laughs> enjoyable. And I would love to see what kind of porn she watches. I bet it's very narrative driven, but disgusting. <laughs> She's like, wonderful porn. I like porn. <laughs> <laughs> Who does it? So we're in Jack's office now, and Jonathan comes in. Oh, Jonathan. Ah, uh, what a gemstone. And poor, sweet, baby, innocent Jonathan um, very earnestly says, Sir, Mr. A Douche is on the phone. I am a douche. <laughs> Jack's like, I am a douche. Damn, thanks. <laughs> He's like, what do you want? Did you say it? It's like, no, no, I knew, I knew right, right away. away. <laughs> Lies. Sure you did. Well, DC's great. It's so many men in uniform down here. He's still in the Obama administration, um, a.k.a. BFFs to Malia and Sasha. Nice. Thank you. Jack's like, if you're calling to check out your bailout money, just read the budgets we sent. We're getting more efficient every day. Our health care costs are way down since we started putting something in the coffee to keep the women from getting pregnant. I'll get it's funny. That. I've been I reading the budgets and I couldn't help but notice that you're doing a talk show with your little four-eyed little friend. I do ha- love how infantile they get at all turns. <laughs> He's like, that's a business decision. She wrote a very popular book. It's translated to Chinese. It doesn't matter. Do you know how bad that could look? Worse than me in capri pants, which you think I'd be able to pull off because I'm tall. He is very tall. and yet No somehow- man should wear capri pants. Ever. <laughs> I, okay, I don't believe that's true. As someone who has worn capri pants. No. Yeah, I rolled them up. Yeah, I cuffed it to a capri length so I could show off my anklet. Were you wading in the water? No, I was then no Because <laughs> everyone was so turned on by my delicate ankles. Yeah, I've heard that. All gay men are like, you want a dick pic? No, show me those ankles. <laughs> it was so unexpected. Everyone expects a dick pic. They don't expect, they don't expect what I'm serving them which is prime. I'm not going to continue with this. What are you saying, Banks? If this Liz Lemon project loses one penny, I'm going to publicly flog you. Well, like me at the Provincetown Flogging Festival, which is where they do drag all summer. He's like, you better work. No worries. She's just a writer with zero performing experience. It'll work. I'll make it work. And then Jack says, moron says what? He says all of those lines. (laughs) (laughs) I'm here, I'm queer, get used to it. Moron says what? What? Exactly. So Tracy ends up at a jewelry store, and he needs some Not just any jewelry store, though. Yakov's Nubian bling explosion. (laughs) (laughs) So he sees in the case, it says, on a written piece of paper, one of a kind, he got, and he uh, wants that. So the guy running the store (laughs) is Chicago improviser, (laughs) Ali Farnakan. I'm sure I said Well right. done. I need a special gift for my wife, something that says I'm responsible, something simple and classy. Elegance. That's what you can expect from Yakov's Nubian bling explosion. So he's like, yes, this is perfect. He's like, wait, what's that? I want it. I forgot why I originally came in here. 
And Yakov says, that belonged to Philip Michael Thomas. Do you know who he the is? The actor who plays Tubbs on Miami Vice. Yeah, but do you know Miami Vice with Don Johnson, like the, the 80s version? Yeah, I mean, I've seen pictures of Don okay. Johnson nude, and they were like, he's from Miami Vice. And I was like, that's great. And he's also like Melanie Griffith. He has something to do with that, right? That's his, Yeah, he, that's they were dad. together forever and ever. No, they were boyfriend, girlfriend, or husband, wife, <laughs> or something like that. But he's much older, right? And it started when she was 14. I don't, I don't know if any of that is true. This is all alleged. I think all nonsense. of that is true. It's not a legend. I don't know. It's math. So then Tracy says, sure, I know him from the Slack secret black people meetings. Just kidding. He's not invited. Well, who's do you think it's got? the Black Crusaders or do you think it's a different one? I think it's different. So Yakov explains him, EGOT's not a person, TJ. It's a goal. It stands for Grammy, Emmy, Oscar, Tony. Four awards that Thomas planned on winning in his career. He won none of them. But he still could. He's still alive, right? I have no idea. I have faith in him. You shouldn't. You obviously didn't watch Miami Vice. <laughs> what else was he in? A couple movies. Maybe something on Broadway. I don't know. <laughs> he's like that's a good goal for a talented crazy person anyway you wanted something special for your wife he's like nah that was earlier I want this <laughs> Tracy is the worst he's trying to do right by himself and it's magical so Jack has a sort of crazed manic energy now because there's so much riding on this and I feel like this isn't going to go well and I'm correct as I often am and so he's treating her like he's like revving her up for a little league baseball softball game. He's like, so how are you feeling? Feeling good? Ready to go? She's like, yeah, I, I'm good. <laughs> Set looks great and I'm ready. We just need an audience. I just want to make sure we're not forgetting anything because this has to work. Has to work. It's going to work, right? Yes, because it has to. And because we've thought of everything. What if you didn't wear glasses? What? You think it's not a good look? Well, I don't know. Are you married? I'm just saying. Well, I can lose the glasses. I just not have to be able to read the teleprompter. I can't wear contacts because the doctor says my eyeballs are too pointy. Oh, I have the same thing. I couldn't wear contacts because I can't touch my eyes and everyone who's tried, I've fought off. Did you ever try Similar. the little plunger? There's a plunger? No. That would it looks make like it a little plunger and you put it on there and pop it right on. No, my eyelashes are just super luscious because like estrogen is the most prominent hormone that's in my body, I think. These lies that you tell yourself, I hope they help you sleep at night. Thank you. You do not have extremely intense eyelashes. Why are you doing this to me? I'm a nice <laughs> I'm, person. I'm a good person. What if we change your name to Veronica St. Pierre? No, nope, that's too much. Too your hair, your hair is... It's fine. <laughs> Hey, we're all going to Chuck E. Cheese's. It's Divorced Hispanic Mom Night. I can't. I've got to proof all these sketches, figure out the rundown, then meet with props in ten minutes. Okay. Have a good night, Liz. <laughs> Very funny. I'm not Liz. Ooh, ham. Now we're playing Marco Polo, Tracy and .com, and Grizz. And they're like, Tracy, put that sword down and help me take these gifts to the car, says Sherry Shepard. Angie. No need. I got something better than presents for you and the kids. I got us all this EGOT necklace for me. <laughs> Sherry Shepard is not amused. And she's like, this is exactly what I'm talking about. I send you out for gifts. You buy a dumb necklace for yourself. It's not dumb. It's smart. This necklace is a life goal. I'm going to win me an Emmy, a Grammy, an Oscar, and a Tony. So Sherry Shepard. I, <laughs> I don't know why I keep referring to her by the actress's full name. But I'm going to continue. Astutely points out that Tracy has never finished a damn thing in his life. 
Um, but Tracy is adamant that he's going to EGOT for us, for the family, and especially for little Chewbacquina Jordan. <laughs> okay, Trey, you go out and win every one of those awards and prove how responsible you are, and I'll give you a daughter. But until then, I don't want to hear another word about your baby girl. Great, I'll be in touch. You still using your Hotmail account? <laughs> So Dr. Spichemin comes in, and you know everything's going to be amazing because it's him. Um, Which the director and Scott Addison are both like, Chris Parnell, always funny. They're like, oh my God, he's always funny. Like, maybe he's just like a man's comedian. I don't know. I wouldn't consider myself a man. Me either, but you don't think he's that funny. I think he's pretty funny. Fired. Bye, Emma. (laughs) Take over. So he's like, one more, and Dunsies. Did it work? (laughs) <laughs> He's sure it did Because this machine is a genuine LASIK Curious Can you read the top line over there? Dear Dr. Spichemin Thank you for your submission The New England Journal of Medicine does not publish X-rated cartoons Well, why not? I can think of nothing better than an X-rated cartoon There's this um, website I used to frequent when I was younger Called Ogloff And it's like erotic cartoons It's interesting did you ever get into R. Crumb at all? R. Crumb? What's mm-hmm. that? Sounds like He's illegal. an artist who does very intense, graphic, disturbing cartoons. Oh, no. This wasn't that. This was like comical cartoons that just happened to have sexual content. <laughs> He's like, well, it's so, it's so frustrating, but at least I heard it from a friend. So while we're here, what else do you want to do? Face burn, bone morph, mouth peel. I've thought about getting bone morphing done. <laughs> Become a little morphling, like the Hunger Games. Just around my jaw. But it's the recovery for that is terrible. <laughs> Everyone's all like, I'm glad about the results, but I would never do it again. And I was like, yeah, because you got the results you wanted. Sing me another tune, Carol. <laughs> She's like, no, thank you. I can't. I'm going to be on TV this week. He's like, really? I think you mean radio. Uh, uh, go fuck yourself. Video kill the radio star. Video killed Liz Lemon's career. She's like, no, I don't. Why do people keep saying stuff like that? So he's going to give her something for being nervous. Um, But you know what? I'm not supposed to have sex with my patients. (laughs) (laughs) I know. That was gross. And then, again, repeats the constant refrain of this episode. Your hair is... It's fine. Terrible. So the writers are all going out to Chuck E. Cheese's. It's divorced Hispanic mom night. Frank... Or tr- uh, Frank is slowly turning into Liz. He's like, I can't. I got to proof all these sketches, figure out the rundown. Then he goes, props in 10 minutes. Then everyone all- jokingly is like, good night, Liz. He's like, I'm not Liz. Oh, ham. So much ham. So much, <laughs> so ham. much ham. Like, what, remember when Liz got uh, the wedding dress and then she got ham all over it? And then Tracy was like, did a Korean person die? This is apparently a they were white. What do you mean? Eating all this ham. A yellow jacket? I'm already going to watch yellow jackets. You don't need to keep talking about that. So uh, Tracy's called a meeting of his creative team of .com, Grizz, and Kenneth. He's one, I thank them all for coming here on such short notice, and I'm sorry I'm four hours late. .com, research update. Yeah, .com's in charge of research, and he Googled a complete list of all EGOT winners. They're all composers. Composer Richard Rogers, composer Jonathan Tunick, composer Mark and Hamplish. Are those all real people? Marvin Hamlin and Richard Rogers are. I have no doubt that Jonathan Tunick is too, but I don't know who that is. Anyway, so that's the (laughs) (laughs) rot. 
But we didn't get there until we went over to Grizz for analysis, who says they're all composers. Now, Kenneth is there to synthesize Grizz's analysis, and he's like, Mr. Jordan, you need to write one great song. Like, we need a kidney. A song whose success will get it featured on a TV show, then a movie based on that TV show. And then a Broadway play based on that movie. That's how I'm going to get my baby girl. All I have to do is create the most popular song of all time. Started already. Callback. That's great, Trey. So Liz comes back into the stages of 30 Rock. I was like, it's all happening. She got a very devastating haircut um, with those tiny bangs, but they're also asymmetric. Um, and flipped up and wings. He's like, you got a haircut. She's like, oh, actually, I got three haircuts. The first two made me look nuts. Hey, do I say the word camera weird? Camera, camera, camera. <laughs> so Jack's now freaking out because Liz is becoming the one thing we hoped she would never become, Jenna. So he decides to go to Jenna herself for some advice. He's like, I've got an actress problem, and she's ready to move a body. But she has one great advice. Don't try to move the body yourself. She's been no. there. She knows. It's Liz. I need deal breakers to work. And yesterday I told her she shouldn't wear her glasses. And that was your first mistake, as Jenna talks about. Jack, as she astutely says, I need to find another adverb besides astutely. What other words are there? We'll figure it out later. Jack, you don't know what it's like to be on camera. You're vulnerable. You're exposed. It doesn't take a lot to send you over the edge. <laughs> Me every day when I wake up. <laughs> This is Lemon. She's like, not anymore. You've created two Liz's, regular Liz and performer Liz. You've got to lie to her, coddle her, protect her from the real world. Like the New York Times treats its readers. Ayo, journalism burn. (laughs) Those are the best kind of burns. Best. Because they get to 451 degrees Fahrenheit, right? (laughs) Because when you burn books, like in Fahrenheit 451. That's right. The sound you hear is me high-fiving myself and a million angels. <laughs> so Frank is in full Liz mode. Guys, standards are saying no to the Rubik's Cube thing. Is that like... I've played that game before, I think. Blah. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, you look exactly like Liz. He's like, what? Shut up. You just never seen my reading glasses before, which I have to read to read your dumb sketches. And I lost my hat after I threw it at that bus. It wouldn't stop for me. Even the guy could see me running. So what about the person? Sweater. This is the bag for all the scripts I now have to carry, and I'm wearing a sweaty sweater because the studio gets cold. And they're all like, <laughs> you know what? I don't have to explain to myself. You dummies have no idea what it's like to be in charge. Now, if they excuse me, I'm in my office trying to have it all. Then he comes back out. What is happening to me? <laughs> he does look like when... It reminds me of the scene in 101 Dalmatians, the original cartoon, when all the animals and handlers, otherwise known as people, dog owners, start looking like each other because he does look like poodle version of Liz. He's got such massive hair, grows out, super curly. He looks like a basset hound anyway. He does. So now we're headed to the money shots. (laughs) Deal breakers. Main titles, take number 500. <laughs> this is all improv, by the way. Pete's just yelling things at her. Scott Addison. One more. This is a new one. And action. Great. And smile. With your mouth. <laughs> Raise the roof. 
Yeah, you look, boy, you can do it. Oh my God. Break it down. Break it down. Oh yeah. Sassy. Sass it up. <laughs> wave to a friend. Friend. Wave. Wave like a human being. You remember waving? <laughs> and then blow a kiss. Ooh, no, with your hands. Uh, and uh, a little cleavage. Uh, nope, nope. Just having fun. Are you spinning a basketball? <laughs> this, this is great. You look really relaxed. I'd watch this show. This is such a great fucking sequence. Because Liz Lemon, you can tell that they both in improv and comedy. And they're part of a comedy show. I think that's part of it. Because Liz Lemon's gestures are so fucking funny the entire time. Uh, Jack's like, what is happening to her? So they're like, Lemon, step in front of the high-def camera. Let's see what it looks like. It looks like a troll. There's a troll in the dungeon. Her skin looks terrible. She's got like moles and spots and gray. Couple warts. Yeah. And then Jack tries to be nice. He's like, uh, no high-def because of the camera. The gobos are really morning, right, Pete? <laughs> Pete's like, please step away. <laughs> in comes Kenneth with some flowers for Miss Lemon. Jack's pointing like, I did that. Uh an opening night bouquet. I wonder who sent that to me. They're from Demon Banks. Who so sweetly said, FEMA paid for these flowers because your show is going to be a disaster. Jack, mm. what is this? Pete sees it all breaking down. He doesn't know how to process it. He just got a tattoo that says freedom in Chinese. And for what? I'm sure it actually says like dishwater blonde or something. <laughs> Great band name. So he's like, may I have a moment alone with Lemon, please? He's like, okay, here's the honest truth. You're better at this than Oprah. I need a minute. Yeah. So the minute she takes is to walk into her dressing room to call Jack and say, I fully understand the irony of what I'm about to say, but I have locked myself in the dressing room and I'm not coming out. So we're at Tracy's uh, initial foray into e-godding. What? You missed when Jack steps in front of the high-def camera and it's him. Like twenty years. Oh ago. yes. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. When it's Pete an walks actual in, shot from from Red October. Uh-huh. Yeah, and then Pete, when he walks in, is an old shirtless man. Interestingly, uh, and with the Kenneth hair. is a muppet. Is a muppet. <laughs> that is one of my favorite gags. Can you sing the song? I won't. So he gathers Beautiful. all these different people. <laughs> Love song. So. Tracy's hella confused because he combined all the most popular musical styles and doesn't understand why it sounds so bad. This is not like we need a kidney. This is not like catch your dream. This is not like live aid. This is not like any of the things we love. What's wrong with that? Everything. Like, Mr. Jordan, I'm not sure you've thought this through. Oh, yeah, Ken? What do you know about the pressures of egotting? I need to see someone who's there, the fellow egot. We really lost control of words there. Tracy, what are you doing? You're supposed to be in fitting. Nerds! And then Tracy, so that, looking at Frank, is like, is it me or is Liz Lemon getting hotter? Uh, <laughs> I find her hotter. Lemon? It's Jack. She's like, don't even bother. Jenna's like, I've been on the other side of that door, Jack. You can't outsmart me. I know yeah. all the tricks. I don't know why I turned into Jenna. I know it's like that movie, that, yeah. The Negotiator. Who, which Jack didn't see. Liz proceeds to tell her exactly what happens. And then he's like, I didn't say I wasn't going to see it. Which is literally Have you seen The Negotiator? No, don't spoil it. Oh my God, it's so good. Kevin Spacey, Samuel L. Jackson, nail biter, edge of your seat. Fantastic. I don't like either of those things. I don't like biting my nails, nor do I like being on the edge of my seat. Well, I guess Kevin Spacey doesn't exist anymore either, but it is a really he good He shouldn't. Movie. 
No, but Mel and yet he pops up on the news. Weapon, whatever. I don't know. So it, um, he's all mad because she ruined it, and he's like, "Lemon, <laughs> what's it gonna take to get you out of there? What do you want?" She's like, "I don't want to do this short anymore. Shut it down." The most mournful shut it down we've ever heard. I can't Tragic. do that. If this thing loses money, I may as well let Banks play out one of his gay home invasion fantasies on me. <laughs> that tickled me. She's like, well, then I guess this is a standoff, and I want pizzas for all the hungry people in here. <laughs> Which I think is how the gay home invasion fantasy starts, because like every porn starts with a pizza being delivered, and a standoff feels like a great way to start a gay home invasion. So now we're Helene heading to Whoopi Goldberg when she could still at least read the teleprompter, <laughs> which she can no longer do on the view every day. It's very confusing. <laughs> uh, and I only know this because I watch the view every day. So um, Tracy illuminates Whoopi on to the reason for his egotting. He made a deal with his wife, and Whoopi reveals that she got her egot on a bet too. That's why Arlen Specter had <laughs> to change parties. You created the supermajority? He's like, I don't get it. Why is it so hard? I paid all these people to create the most popular song in the world for me. That's the problem right there. You can't fake your way to an EGOT, fool. You know, all these awards I got for projects I believed in. He's like, wait, is is this a daytime daytime? Emmy? It still still counts. counts. Girls got to eat. Listen, my point really is it's got to come from the heart and the awards will follow. That's good advice, Whoopi. Mm Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then he asks for a glass of water before he leaves. Takes that opportunity to steal one of her awards. Colored man, put it back. So funny. we're back at TGS. Um, Liza still hasn't come out, even though Lesbian Sour Food absolutely has. Well done to her. Um, so Jenna decides to insert herself in the situation because she was requested by a business sext. So he's. They're like, she's like, what have you done? He's like, this is no time to play the blame game. She's like, of course not. I'm not wearing my outfit. Ah, I did enjoy that line. That felt fun to me. Jenna, you're the only one who knows what Lemon's going through right now. Help me. Well, I hate to tell you this, but I've always wondered why you guys just don't take the door off of his hinges. That's not going to work. It kind of does. So <laughs> Jack and Liz are now face to face, pleading, appealing to each other's sensibilities. Jack is very concerned because he's hemorrhaging money right now. Uh, the audience is already out there for deal breakers. Kenneth is trying to entertain them with cleaned up version of Garrison Keeler stories. Um, and Jack implores her to split her personalities that have now been created by what he thought was an innocuous comment about her glasses and have her de-escalate the situation with other her. Now, I understand performer Liz is freaking out, so I need regular Liz's help. She's like, I don't know that she's here right now. Lemon, I need regular Liz to tell that crazy bitch performer Liz to get out on the stage and give me something I can try to make money off of. Please. Hey, buddy, your hair looks nice. Don't try those tricks on me! Oh, boy. I know it's been a hard day. I could have had it all, but you ruined it with your thinking! Come on, you're a star. You're on top. Somebody bring you some ham. You should kill yourself! So now her mouth starts leaking, drooling. Jack's like, God, Lemon, Lemon, what is that? This is how I cry now. Ever since you made me get that up with eye surgery. Jack now realizes that he may have gone a little cuckoo for Coho Puffs and is like, Lemon, what have we done for you? It's okay. Go home. Get some rest. I'll take the hit. I can't let you do that for me. (laughs) 
Let him go, says Bad Liz. So now we're at Tracy workshopping his next musical moment. And um, the lyrics appeal to Sherry Shepard's sensibilities because it's like, well, it's not like, let me sing it to you directly. Baby girl, you're the missing piece, the perfect fit. Baby girl, you're the product of doing it. Damn it, Tracy. That's what's in your heart. You sweet fool. Let's make a baby. Aww. Wait, if you really want a baby, I'll give you my gift. But I must warn you, I won't be around a lot because I'm egotting. Ah, Tracy Jordan, you're an idiot. I know. We're lucky people laugh when I say stuff. (laughs) It's so true. Then they start doing it. Um, So that's nice. Jack checks back in on Liz um, and asks, how are we doing? And by we, I just mean the two of us and not the different crazies within your head. But also her wig from the day before that was flat iron to hell is now crinkly because she has terrible hair like someone else (laughs) I know. So now it's like a terrifying cut with like horrible texture. And they're playing this beautiful string music in the back. We're going to have a good resolution here at the end. I can feel it. You shouldn't have said anything about my hair. He's like, I think it'll grow out nicely. I agree. I'm sorry that I ruined. And he says, you didn't. I sold the opening titles. She's like, to who? He's like, to whom? And from now on, whenever a television <laughs> no one likes is when on you do that. No one likes when show- anyone does that. No, they really don't. I do it all the time. Whenever a television is on in the background of a Shineheart Universal soap opera, you'll be on it. I'm going to be oh. on TV on TV. Ah, oh, she's back. She's back. She's fucking back. So, so precious. Now we've got Bo and Hope from Days of Our Lives. Oh, wow. <laughs> Fancy. And so there's this very dramatic, because it's, you know, a soap opera moment. And then in the background is like the super stylized, um, very graphic, colorful, and distracting intros of the RIP Deal Breakers talk show that never actually manifested into something that we would have all enjoyed. And Liz is just like, there I am. There I am again. And (laughs) they are so distracted acting inside the scene in a hospital room that they're like, what is this TV show? It's very distracting. And she's so into it. So happy. She got her Deal Breakers talk show after all. Except no, she didn't. That's but not actually what happened I'm guessing she got some money or something. I hope so. Well, enough to break even. Yeah, at the very least. Well, let's hope so. She bought that other apartment. What a great <laughs> episode. Super funny. <laughs> so, Julie, tell us to me why. I mean, obviously, we just recapped the whole episode, and it is hilarious. But what makes Every this moment. one stand out and puts it in your top five? Tina Fey's acting is ridiculous. The whole scene where she's improving all the arm things is just so funny. It's my favorite part. I think it's so funny. <laughs> and none of the other storylines get on my nerves. I'm not like, oh, not the Tracy part. Love it. Whoopi Goldberg shows up. The writing, spot on. Frank is hilarious as Liz. Come on. <laughs> There's very little Jenna. And when she's on there, she does a great job. You see what I see. Thank God. One episode. One. Episode. And yeah, Jenna's in your top five. Wild. Jenna is not in my top five. This episode is in my top five. <laughs> that featured a lot of Jenna and Spachemin. <sighs> so true. You've changed, my dear. Well, Welcome. we've just changed the score now. Thank you. So, <laughs> All right. Well, let's head to the fucking chat then. <laughs> Whoa. All right. You got your scores in? Yes. Send. Wow. Emma and Julie with the correct scores of 98. <laughs> 94. Feels low. Yeah, misogyny. <laughs> oh my God. Y'all are always lowballing and insulting me for going high. Well, I decided to not do what Michelle Obama says and go low. 
I'm thinking this one, your fart John Hamm episode. <laughs> the chorus goes here. I think those are my top three, but we'll see. No, I definitely agree. This is one of the greatest ones. And it gets a 94? I feel like that's a good score. I feel like you've scored other things higher. And I would look back, but I don't care that much. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just a very fickle person. It just depends on where I am in the moment, you know? Well, up next is Secret Santa. Uh, Julianne Moore is going to give it her first. Oh, um, yeah. You face. You face. Serena's actual you. lines. Yeah. Ah, that is a fun one. Her relationship went from something to weirdsies. <laughs> you know what that means? Well, I am. I, I hope it's not all downhill from here. I don't think it is. Think it's it is. not. There's Why would you even say that? Because this is one of my favorite episodes, and we're only in season four. Yeah, you talk oh, about any Elaine Stritch episode. Also funny. Oh my god, when they're in her bedroom and down in Florida, and she's naked, and her girlfriend's like holding her boobs. Oh my god, in the painting. <laughs> yeah, there's plenty to look forward to, dear listeners. This is not the end. I'm just saying for me. <laughs> Anyway, if you want to hear anything about other shows other than 30 Rock, come and check out Takes All Over the Place where we talk about a lot of things this week. Um, but I hope you yeah. enjoyed this episode of Deal Breakers as much as Emma and I did and more than <laughs> Nick did because he didn't enjoy it as much as we did. But I really enjoyed it. And Say I it the same but You know different. that I'm waving at you right now with my elbows and not my hands. Are you spinning oh, a basketball? Emma's spinning a basketball. <laughs> Nick's just... I'm just here. <laughs> Hi, guys. <laughs> Hi, y'all. Thanks for listening. Hope you got in a couple laughs and stuff, and we'll talk to you soon. Goodbye. Goodbye, everyone. So long. Farewell. She's singing once again. Blurg is a project of Team Takes, a.k.a. Nick Cotter, Julie Sunderland, and Emma Cotter, with the invaluable sound editing help from Phil Cotter and... Frank! <laughs> the awesome toenails on the wood floor from Frank! <laughs> we love you, Frank. Love you.